Hi, this is my conversation with Jasmine Singh, or AstroJazz. She's a huge fan of space, and we have talked about things like space commercialization and what it means, about NASA's Europa Clipper mission and science communication. I hope you will enjoy and find this conversation valuable. And now, here's Jasmine Singh. What I am interested the most is that I I I I I try to find people mm -hmm. who deeply enjoy the whatever they are doing, whatever mm -hmm. that interests them, right? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I found that such people are quite rare. And yeah. what what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find people like that and trying to better understand how they came to where they are, mm -hmm. where do, does their motivation come from really to the best, to the best extent they can explain. But sometimes, because sometimes it is just like it kind of feeling and you cannot put it in words. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you can share, that would be great. Yeah. So um, my name is Jasmine Singh, but I go by like Astro Jazz or Jazz on the internet. Um, so I just graduated with my bachelor's in planetary science and atmospheric science um, from Purdue University, um, which should indicate I'm a huge space nerd. I've always been a huge fan of outer space and space exploration. It's really interested me since I was like 10 or 11 years old, um, and now I'm 22. So it's been like over a decade since I really started to get into space um, and really like I'm just driven by my passion really to keep going because this is really a difficult field right there's a lot of math involved you know there's a lot of issues with like harassment and stuff um of like women uh, and women of color which you know it's it's getting better but it's still like a problem um so you know a lot of people tend to be discouraged by those kind of outside forces not to be in the field. But for me, I've really been driven by my passion um, because my dream is to work at NASA. It's always been my dream since I was little um, and I'm getting really close to it. I, I interned there last summer um, and I had a really good time. So that kind of solidified that, you know, working there permanently would be something that I would want to do. Um, and now right now I'm applying to PhD programs um, and I hope to work on astrobiology research, which um, astrobiology is essentially just the study of life in our universe. Um, and so for me, I'm really passionate about the search for life, um, the search for life on other planets or moons or whatever. So I really want to do some kind of research with that. Um, that's like the topic that really interests me the most. Um, besides like planetary atmospheres. So I want to do something like that in grad school. But yeah, um, I do science communication on Twitter. That's probably where, you know, most of you know me from. And it's, I love doing that. I think, you know, getting a complicated subject and taking it and getting the public, you know, interested in it by kind of dissecting it and making it easy for people to digest and understand is, is really something I like to do. And, you know, space is something that a lot of people think is really cool. Um, 
And, you know, a lot of people maybe wanted to be astronauts or something when they were kids and it just, you know, didn't work out. Um, so, you know, they still have that interest in it, even if it didn't end up being their career path. So I just really like sharing, you know, the latest space news, especially, you know, 2022 this year has been very, very um, filled with space news, right? We've had James Webb, you know, these incredible photos coming out, like almost every single day we're getting new photos. Um, we've had Artemis news. Now, obviously Artemis hasn't launched yet, but you know, we're getting to that launch eventually. Um, and we've just had really incredible stuff going on this year, especially, you know, with the rise of, uh, commercial space flight too. Um, and more and more people getting the opportunity to, be astronauts and that's really something I'm excited about as well so you know I just kind of share everything on my um on my Twitter I also share my own journey just because I want to be someone that um little girls especially can look up to um and see like okay she did it you know so so I can do it too because you know when I was younger I didn't have um very many women especially women of color like role models to look up to in the field so I kind of want to be that for for someone so I really love what I do um and I I hope to continue doing it as I go through through my journey that, that is and and for you for you it is kind of you found it is important I mean, what you found is that it, it would ha would have helped you a lot if you had uh, such role models when you were younger to mm -hmm. kind of help you make for yourself the decision that it is possible because other people have done it and that is uh, if others have done it, therefore you have like at least a chance of doing that. And this is something that uh, wasn't there when you were growing up, right? Yeah, and most of the role models were like white men, um, you know, which I, I'm not a white man. Um, but, you know, now that I've gone older, you know, I can look back and see, okay, there were women of color, you know, astronauts and stuff. There just weren't that many. Um, mm -hmm. So now, obviously, I look back and I'm like, wow, I wish I knew about these incredible women because I definitely would have admired them so much when I was younger. Um, but I definitely admire them a lot now and definitely use them as inspiration to continue further, you know, because they, they were doing this in a time where it was very difficult for women of color to, you know, be in these fields and they, they were pioneers of it and they were doing it despite all of the um, adversity, you know, so Nowadays, I look look at them and I'm like, oh, man, I wish I knew about you when I was younger. But I'm glad I know about them now because I definitely use them as, as inspiration for myself. Yeah, that's that, and it is awesome that you are trying to mm -hmm. kind of do the. Try to be such a person for for other people, right? Mm -hmm. And even yeah. I mean, I think it is still worse even if there is like one or two people somewhere in the world who mm -hmm. you can uh, wh that can kind of be is inspired but what the work that you do right and yes. 
it, it, it is awesome because this is also that kind of important for me. Uh, a lot of things that I'm trying to do mm -hmm. in different domains in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to... The, one thing is why I do them is because I just want to have more cool things in the world. It is just awesome in yeah. itself. But the other part is that I, I, I find it very nice if I can create something in the world that that would help someone. I don't like. Mm -hmm. I don't target like you know creating uh, something that will help everyone because it mm -hmm. is. It is not something that kind of interests me to try to help everyone, and yeah. uh, and I'm not even sure if it is possible, right? But mm -hmm. if I am able to help like couple of people in the world who are very close in terms of the values that they share with me and the interest mm -hmm. and stuff like that, that is helpful. And this is why yeah. it kind of rings back uh, what you are saying. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to also ask, you mentioned the thing that a, a part of your audience on Twitter in particular, I think, are people who have some innate interest for mm -hmm. the science, for the, yeah. uh, co uh, for the cosmos, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but the lives turned out this way that they are, they are not like professionally involved in, mm -hmm. in this, right? Mm -hmm. Would you say that in terms of the number of people there, it is the, the majority of people like that, that you talk to, or most of them are involved in some kind of mm -hmm. projects? I actually think the majority might not be involved. I've had a lot of people just tell me that they couldn't, couldn't do it. Um, obviously, you know, I follow a lot of people that are in the field. I have a lot of followers that are in the field, but I don't know. I feel like the majority just have an interest in it or, you know, that when they were younger, they really wanted to do it and then it didn't happen for them. That's what I feel like. I wish I could like see that like analytically and figure it out. But I, I think it's the majority have an interest in it and it didn't happen for them. But honestly, I really like having that kind of audience because um, clearly they're still passionate about it, even if it didn't, you know, work out for them as a career. Um, they still want to learn about it and keep up with um everything that's going on in the field so yeah that, then that then i understand and mm -hmm. i'm just trying to kind of think because one mm -hmm. of the things i wanted to talk with you about was mm -hmm. in terms of what what do you think works in, in your personal experience, what you have found mm -hmm. that attracts people the most in terms of what you communicate or maybe in terms of the things that you talk about or maybe mm -hmm. in terms of the thing, in terms of how you talk about things that mm -hmm. actually attracts people, right? Mm -hmm. Because maybe there is like a person who maybe have an interest, maybe not. They kind of don't know, maybe they were not as exposed to, to the space, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And... Uh, I wanted to kind of yeah. know your take on this. Yeah, I definitely think what attracts people is me overall just being myself. You know, I, every tweet I make is just, you know, me. Um, I have a clear, you know, it's kind of clear from what people have told me. They're like, yeah, you know, 
I can see your passion for this subject in your tweets. I can just tell by the way you type it out and, you know, how much time, you know, it clearly takes to do all this. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing that brings people in. But obviously, some people really like the fact that I keep up with current events going on in space. So I try to share like the latest pictures. Um, and I think the pictures is a very big one that people really like. Um, but I share pictures and, and news that's going on, any updates, like, um, you know, when Artemis, when all the dates were getting changed, I was sharing those with people as soon as I found out about it. So I'm trying, you know, I, I try to stay up to date with everything and, um, tweet that out, uh, you know, as soon as I found out about it. Um, so I think that's also something that attracts people because I'm, I'm pretty up to date on it. So a lot of people have told me that they get their like space news from me because, you know, I'm up to date with things. So I think that's another thing that draws people in. Um, but I think overall, if I had to say like one main thing, it would probably be my personality um, and, and love for the subject. Because, you know, if someone... For instance, right, if you're talking to someone and they, they do something different, completely different than you that you don't really have an interest in, but you hear them talking about it and you hear the passion in their voice, like you're still drawn in, right? Because you're like, oh, you know, you clearly love what you're doing and the way that they describe it becomes different, right? It becomes filled with love and passion for the subject. So even if you, someone's doing something that you're not really interested in or you don't know much about you can still have a love and appreciation for it if they're super passionate about it, you know, based on how they, they talk about it. Um, and I think I definitely do that for people too. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess this, this, you know, when you talk to people like this, mm -hmm. just the energy in them, mm -hmm. right. And excitement and like smile on their face mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It is, it, it, it I, what, because in my life, I found something similar that there are a couple of things in... Uh, I have like a problem in, in life because I'm yeah. interested in a lot of different things. Yeah, I know people like that. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of selected a bunch of them mm -hmm. uh, that I am more deeply involved into. But okay. others, I, I, I kind of... I want, but I know that I cannot because otherwise I wouldn't uh, be able to... to complete and to get something to the actual good level that I want to yeah. try. And when I talk with people about the things that I'm interested in, usually mm -hmm. what I find is that people do like see the excitement mm -hmm. of how I talk about this. And mm -hmm. it is it is like it makes them excited, right? Exactly. And, yep. And uh, I am trying I'm just trying to share this, right? But I'm also trying to find a way of how I can share something with them, get them excited. But the problem that I'm facing is that sometimes when I talk with people like that, they get excited when I talk with them, but mm -hmm. in two days, they are kind of back to the base level. And yeah. because doing the work is actually difficult, at least in my experience has been and i'm pretty yeah. sure that space related work is quite difficult <laughs> yeah in terms of it so is. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm always kind of trying to think and 
on the lookout of, on how I can not just excite people but transform a little bit how they think so they continue to do if they if they are interested for example in what I'm talking about to try them to continue doing that and kind of excite them themselves by themselves that yeah would be, that would be awesome. yeah yeah and this this is why i'm kind of interested in how you think about what what works in from what you've seen and and not mm -hmm. right so yeah that, that. okay okay and uh you also uh one one second uh okay. <laughs> um uh so I, I also saw your kind of you also posting like very good memes, memes, uh, yeah. especially yeah. when the, the Artemis was delayed a couple oh, of times. Oh yes, times. yes. <laughs> so I, I assume people also enjoy those. Oh yeah, um, you know I obviously I'm young, so I'm kind of like very involved in like meme culture, I guess, and I understand a lot of the memes that are coming out, you know, that are getting popular and that kind of thing. Um, and the reason I incorporate them in my content is, you know, one, to make people smile. You know, as a scientist, you can't always be serious all the time. Um, and two, you know, it's, it's internet culture. So I try to mix things up. You know, you don't always want to be um, posting the same types of things. So I try to post, you know, pictures, but also just fun facts or like jokes about, you know, astronomy puns or something like that, just to kind of break up the content and make it, you know, not always like 100% serious. And also, you never know, like if someone's having a bad day, and they just need to laugh, then hopefully I can get a laugh out of them. And I've been told by people that are like, Oh, yeah, you know, this made me smile. Thank you. You know, so um, that's something I, I like to do. Have you had an experience when maybe someone uh, reached out to you uh, saying that maybe because of the work that you are doing, especially the mm -hmm. content, uh, mm -hmm. they were able to kind of maybe switch career or maybe if they were not sure if they actually want to stake everything on, on this career and pursue it and you were your work was uh like the critical point for them to to make this decision yeah i've definitely had people saying like i want to switch to astronomy or like i've i've wanted to do astronomy for a while you know and i wasn't sure but you know seeing all your posts and your excitement made me want to do it you know that kind of thing which is so crazy to think about the fact that i've been able to have such a huge impact on people to where they're you know changing their paths because of me or, or that kind of thing. So it's definitely um, difficult to wrap my head around, but, but I feel very honored that, you know, I've had such an impact on, on people and, you know, into the future, I hope to have, you know, an impact on more people, that kind of thing. That's why I do what I do. You know, like I, I just love sharing this passion with people. I love making them happy and, keeping them up to date with everything and just telling them about these really fascinating things in the universe, you know, that they might not have known about before. That, 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 that's, that. How are you going to kind of scale your, 
your to to more to have more of good things you mean content wise i mean do you do you do you usually spend time actually consciously thinking about how you can maximize your efficiency to be able to do even better things or at a larger scale? scale? Yeah, I've definitely thought about, you know, making like, how can I make my content better? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and I've asked a lot of people, you know, I've tweeted out before, like, what can I do to be a better science communicator? Because I'm always trying to improve in that aspect, uh, right? So um, I tweeted that out. And uh, most people just say, you know, keep doing what you're doing, which I mean, that's really nice. But sometimes I do want like actual suggestions. And some people have said, Oh, maybe start doing videos or this and that, you know, try to change your content style up, which I've um, taken that into consideration, too. And I'm trying to do different things. Um, you know, I have a blog, too which I'm going to try to, you know, it's not active right now because I was in school and I was very busy. Um, but now that I'm taking a year off, I'm going to try to revive the blog and, and do that because I know a lot of people really liked me, you know, making blog posts about uh, topics that I'm interested in. So, you know, just changing things up. I, I, I'm constantly thinking about what I can do to be better and, you know, reach more people. It's interesting because because you you need to find it is like you know you produce something you create something mm -hmm. which is which people like mm -hmm. and it is awesome and yeah you kind of ask people what you could do better but mm -hmm. they don't know until they see exactly <laughs> and, this is, and this is interesting uh interesting like you know mental journey that people who try to create something in the world need to go and kind of take in what they know but try to also see something something maybe additional to what they have been told in order mm -hmm. to create something new to combine them those things somehow and it is mm -hmm. very difficult i guess to do when Maybe you are not the first person who are doing this, but the number of people like this in the world is very small compared to like regular yeah. people. And yeah. you, it could be maybe a little bit... For me, for example, when I'm trying to do things like this, uh, you, you, you kind of spend a lot of time by yourself and thinking mm -hmm. about this i try to look for what other people do but it is also a double-edged sword in a sense because you can get expert but what other people uh do something creative but you also can get a little bit discouraged because you will be thinking that they have already done it and why would i do oh something yeah like this? yeah uh, it is it is a struggle i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's good but you you want to start more to create even more like content in uh, video space uh, and get back to your blog posts, right? Yeah, I want to try to diversify. Um, in terms of videos, like 
I'm kind of camera shy, so I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to do that anytime soon. Um, but yeah, definitely my blog and stuff. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll start making infographics or something, you know, different where people are like, Oh, this is really cool. You know, cause I know, I know people that do like art in space, you know, they, they make art of space and they communicate through that. Now I'm not artsy, so I can't do that, but that's, that's one thing where, you know, I see what they're doing and I think that's really cool, you know, that they're uh, taking these two mediums and, and communicating through that and, and doing a lot of cool uh, work through that. So, um, yeah, I just want to try something different. But, uh, and in terms of, do you, do you post a lot of things do, do you ever or at all post things mm -hmm. about something else than space? Yes. Okay. That's, you know, I've had definitely had dilemmas about this, you know, because obviously, you know, I'm a whole person and I'm, I'm not just space, right? That's not my entire personality. I have, you know, a life and other things that go on in it. Um, so there are times where I'm like, I want to post something different and just maybe tweet about my day or tweet a picture of something. Right. Um, and I definitely have struggled with that because I'm like, well, I want to keep my account like this. Um, also because I've seen, I've seen other people post about different things and, um, people will reply and be like, Oh, you need to stick to tweeting about space, which, which I don't like people like that. Like, you know, and I, and I don't want, People like that, which is why I get scared. But I definitely have occasionally tweeted things that are just my personal life. Because again, I am a whole person. There's more to me than just what I do, like uh, career-wise, you know. Um, so there are times where I'm, I'm sure, you know, you remember 2020 was very, there was a lot going on politically and stuff. So I definitely took time to tweet about that because for me, you know, when I have a platform like this, I want to use it for good um, and do that and do stuff like that. So, so there are times where I've tweeted like about political issues or, you know, just personal life, you know, that kind of thing, just so people can see me as more of a person, like a whole person. It is good. It is important to know what is good, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> right. It is very difficult to decide, and there is like no, no kind of way to know for sure. In yeah. terms of uh, posting like different stuff on Twitter, mm -hmm. even I also a little bit struggle with that because mm -hmm. I want to post about the art and photo and mm -hmm. some like something related to this. I want mm -hmm. to post about uh, programming because this is my career prim primarily yeah. my career right i want to mm -hmm. talk a little bit about finance uh and mm -hmm. just r random stuff like uh mm -hmm. interesting piano videos and stuff like that yeah and i also on 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 one hand i understand the people uh who s say that because they subscribe to get some information for example even mm -hmm. myself i use twitter as a primary source of uh, information when uh, like mm -hmm. i spent like a certain amount of time in a day uh, digging into finance and understanding mm -hmm. what is going on right and 
there are certain people who establish themselves as people who know something about this in this space. Exactly, and you yeah, su subscribe yeah. to them and if they start to post something, it is not like it is bad, but it is not what I am looking for exactly. And it seems like maybe no, this that's should be... understandable. Mm -hmm. This is something that should be solvable with technology, right? Uh, my sense that oh. I have not experimented with that yet. I know that uh, Twitter mm -hmm. has something like topics or something like this. As oh yes, it does. Channels. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure. I wanted to experiment with those. Those seem like mm -hmm. a good solution, but to be honest, I'm a little bit. I'm not sure that people know how it works, right? And even if I yeah, start to do that, yeah, it's a new feature. Yeah, that would be <laughs> could be problematic. But it is still. Yeah. It is. It, it, overall, I think I mostly I, I like overall. I do agree with you, and I hope that you will be able to express yourself more mm -hmm. uh, like you. broader not only mm -hmm. about space right and yeah. the people who want will be able to kind of only select a subset of what you're talking and it is kind exactly. of a, a, a best of both worlds right people get what mm -hmm. they want and mm -hmm. and you kind of first of all you provide what they want and it, it mm -hmm. uh, creates joy for you but you also have uh, an ability to express yourself and you don't feel locked in and mm -hmm. maybe it, it could be a little bit difficult to yeah. do this, I guess. Yeah, I definitely hope that in the future I can uh, tweet more about that. I, I was actually thinking about it the other day. I was like, hmm, maybe I, I kind of want to make a tweet saying that I want to tweet more about myself and like things, other things I'm interested in. Um, so we'll see about that. I think, I think, I think also, one important thing is that if you are able to talk about the things you actually want, it mm -hmm. kind of allows you to stay mentally uh, in a good space so you can even have the, the desire and motivation to talk about space for much longer, right? Exactly, if, yeah. If, if, it's, it's kind of... It's, it is a good thing in the long run, right? Even if mm -hmm. in, in, in the short run it could be pain and you can upset some people and maybe mm -hmm. even lose some people, in the long yeah. run you will have uh, mental clarity to continue to do that and uh, eventually impact and provide value for even more people overall. Yeah, right? it's yeah. It's like all difficult things. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Yeah, okay. It's, it's interesting for me to understand how mm -hmm. people think about, like, why people interested in space and science broadly, because mm -hmm. one of the things that I want to work on, again, in long term, is I always thought about it as make science cool, right? Yeah. Something, <laughs> something, something that because I am very passionate about visual aspects of things, I always yeah. thought about uh, how uh, I think there is like a little bit of stereotype about the scientist, which is very boring, very very boring person in a very boring kind of uh, room doing something yeah. that is yeah. that is not. And there is a, th uh, a part of work is actually like this, 
but it is true for all fields. For me, for example, for the engineering programming, mm-hmm. yeah. I spent like 12 hours a day just in front of the computer thinking Aww. and typing. And it is yeah. it is boring. But yeah. I still believe it is possible to talk in a way that it is exciting to people, right? Mm-hmm. And it is what I wanted to do science in a, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be awesome, but yeah. it will take a, a while to, to build something like this. And Definitely. and even with this podcast, uh, uh, the reason why I want to talk, it was very important for me to talk mm-hmm. with different types of people, right? Yeah. In different spaces. Right? Because I didn't want, even though I have a huge passion for the programming, and I know, I, I think I know things that I can share and people would find useful i want to kind of put it out there uh right at the beginning that we mm-hmm. we here are interested in different ideas yeah the interesting ideas i don't care where they come from if mm-hmm. they are good i think they are worse uh, it's like tech tech te- uh, ted conferences right the idea is worth uh, worth sharing this is yeah. a good message i guess exactly that's yeah awesome. uh you know, one thing I wanted to talk with you about because yeah. uh, uh, about the something that interests me the most, also uh, a, a lot. I mean, it is. I was reading about even Europa Clipper uh, yeah. space program, and you know, you're reading and you see the numbers. Like, the program is uh, 4.3 billion. The program yeah. is 2 billion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like big numbers <laughs> yeah and uh you know one story that i kind of like and it's talk about it a lot with different people maybe i'm missing some details but for me it was very interesting to know that when this elon musk was building spacex in in, uh, in the first place mm-hmm. i i saw i saw i, I saw the story that they had maybe like around like 150 people in total mm-hmm. uh, building the first rocket from mm-hmm. from basically ground up to launch mm-hmm. and this this is this story always was very very valuable i guess for me because i saw that it is possible to be able to with a much smaller groups i mean i'm not sure how if it is small or not in in like mm-hmm. in traditional sense but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem a lot of people i've been working wow. on the projects which which build some like software project and there are much more people like that and it is not yeah. as complicated as as rocket and it was very exciting for me to know that it is possible to increase efficiency and and like build more of these things right build mm-hmm. more programs build and I wanted to know maybe as you as an insider in this in the industry do you know any do you have any kind of areas that obviously for you could be the low hanging fruits to improving the efficiency when such projects are built That's a good question um are you talking about like just building rockets or like just but everything <laughs> i i think i, I mean i i think if you have examples that you think fit this bill 
They, I would be interested in them. It doesn't matter if they are about rockets or about building uh, like some telemetry tools or something mm -hmm. like this, right? My goal is to maybe talk with people and see if there is something that could be improved, right? And maybe maybe some of those ideas will uh, will encourage people to actually take and tackle those problems and increase efficiency. Maybe I will be able to do something in the space mm -hmm. in order to increase efficiency, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know that much details, and this is where I need yeah. to help. Um, definitely, you know, in the space field, that's one thing, you know, things take a long time to build. Um, you know, James Webb took like decades, you know, to get from just an idea to launch, which was, you know, December, 2021. Um, so that's definitely a good point. And, you know, we've seen with Artemis, like a lot of people are getting impatient. They really want it to launch, but I think in our field, it's really hard, um, efficiency wise, you know, because things just take, rockets take a long time to build. Right. And, you don't want to have any mistakes, right? Because you're putting so much money. The public is helping to fund this, right? They're putting so much money into, you know, one thing, right? And if it blows up, then that's it, right? Those millions or even billions of dollars are, are gone if it blows up. And we've seen mistakes with NASA in the past where rockets and such have blown up and even sadly, you know, cost people their lives, right? These astronauts that have trained for X amount of time, like that's it, you know, they, they died in these uh, explosions and such. Um, so I don't know in our field if we can really increase efficiency, uh, at least in the near future, you know, because these things just take a long time and we have to make sure that everything is perfect right and with artemis i think the reason it's taking so long to launch is because these engineers have to make sure every little thing is perfect so that this rocket doesn't blow up you know because if it does it's that's it you're back to square one right so we have to just be very meticulous in this process um and i don't know maybe the only really thing i can think of is just hiring more people maybe that'll help speed things up um but other than that, you know, I, I don't see anything like super, super quick, you know, to make these things go by faster because, you know, we just have to make sure every little thing is, is perfect. I, 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 I do understand that mm -hmm. because, I mean, it is very different for me because when I, for example, uh, create some program, yeah, especially if I do use proper tools for this mm -hmm. the the i can iterate on a problem very very quickly mm -hmm. i can basically press two buttons i can type something i can press two buttons and i can see mm -hmm. the result and yeah. even if it is it doesn't work as i want i can go and change something and it exactly. takes a couple seconds exactly it's not possible to do that when you kind of need to go far away and there is there, exactly <laughs> you cannot do that but on the other hand i do still believe that even the, i i mean i'm not saying that it is it is easy to do right and yeah we can exactly. go and like improve it uh 10 times 
-hmm. right away, right? It is it is difficult to do. I do understand mm -hmm. this, and it is not like I have solutions for those problems. Oh no, yeah. But I but on the other hand, I do think it is important for the people who actually care about the space and uh, the progress to think about mm -hmm. things like this, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And and this and this is why I was wondering, right? Maybe if you have something you you wanted to share about this. Yeah, I, I wish I knew something. Um, but I definitely think, you know, leaders in the space industry are definitely thinking about these kinds of things for sure, because, you know, they don't want things to take a really long time either, because you want the public to, to stay interested in these projects because they're the ones that are funding all of this at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, so I think people are definitely thinking about it and hopefully soon, you know, we'll get some ideas about it, concrete ideas. Yeah, uh, hopefully at some point, at some point you will be also one of those leaders. Who oh, will thank be you. About, yeah, about those and mm -hmm. you, 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 you need, you have time to prepare. Basically. Yes, <laughs> it will be, it will be awesome because yeah, people who are the leaders, they are also just people they came there exactly they, they went through their own path to get mm -hmm. there and i think a lot about this how kind of if there is anything into in, in in this regard or any other regard that i can i can help or maybe just because maybe i see something that not that many other people see because of mm -hmm. my experience mm -hmm. maybe not i don't know <laughs> we'll see Okay, but uh, you, you said that it is. You said that it is kind of the public. The public uh, funds all of those mm -hmm. uh, endeavors, right? And it is important for them to get engaged. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I also wanted to talk with you about the commercialization of space, right? Okay. Because. Uh, it is an alternative approach, right? Yeah. And I just want to know your, first of all, high-level view on all this process, which has been going on recently. Mm -hmm. Recently, kind of varies, but still. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely have a mostly positive view of it because I do think, you know, so many people as kids, they they dream of going to space and being astronauts. But like I mentioned earlier, it's really hard for them to achieve that, right? Not everybody can do it. And that doesn't mean they're stupid or anything. It just means like the, the career path to being an astronaut is very, very difficult. Um, so it is only meant for a few people, right? And we've seen NASA astronaut classes are very small, right? Um, so, and not everybody, you know, has the means to, to do that, right? Like you, you have to have a specific degree and, you know, all this and that. So it's difficult and there's lots of training involved. Um, but now with the commercialization of space travel and such, we, we're starting to see more people like you and me that are, are working to be astronauts. You know, I know people on Twitter, you know, people that I've interacted with and talked to for a while that are working to to be astronauts um, with different, you know, various companies. Um, and it's really exciting to see. I think more people deserve to go to space. I think, you know, space is for everyone. 
Um, and so that's definitely the mostly like positive thing that I see coming from it. Now, I also like to acknowledge the negative side, which is that I think, you know, I don't want space to become like a, a billionaire's playground. I'm sure, you know, you've seen a lot of people talk about that too. Um, I want people to keep their curiosity, right? And explore space because we want to discover something and we want to learn about, you know, why we're here, how we got here, what's out there, right? Is there somebody else out there, right? That kind of thing. So I don't want it to become like a playground for, for very rich people. I want it to be something where ordinary people can go up there and, and experience, you know, seeing earth from space or even going to the moon or going to Mars, you know, that kind of thing. I want us to keep our curiosity. I don't want it to become something that's somebody owns it or, or people fight over that kind of thing. Right. It, it should be for everyone. I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about some example as to hmm. some technologies that are like even like a refrigerator or a TV, yeah. right? When it was invented mm -hmm. first, it was fairly expensive, right? So oh, only yeah, yeah. people, people who had money could afford it, right? Yeah. But the interesting thing is that as time goes on, the progress makes the things cheaper and cheaper, right? And mm -hmm. more mass market. And mm -hmm. yes, it could be, I guess, maybe not that fair that at the very beginning, not everyone has a TV, right? Mm -hmm. But a couple of decades passes and everyone has a TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I hope like from my side, I, I do, I think, I think it is, there are dangerous, uh, things that people should be aware about the uh, mm -hmm. commercialization of the space. Mm -hmm. And I also think there are things uh, which we should be aware and uh, kind of in terms of the public space exploration, right? Yeah. It is also not, not I guess, in entirely good, right? There are, yeah. I, I think overall, it, it, it has like net, net positive effect, but oh, yeah. both things have things that we should be aware of, right? Mm -hmm. And in a sense, I think I am trying to uh, kind of uh, make people more curious about uh, uh, second and third order consequences in terms of mm -hmm. when they talk about space and, and stuff mm -hmm. like this. So mm -hmm. uh, we kind of, uh, uh, as a society, can make sure that uh, both commercialization uh, goes more or less in a positive direction as well as the yeah. public funding of this that that would that would be helpful and exactly I do think that in terms of the in terms of the programs and the sometimes I, I think I'm not sure but but I think that sometimes commercialization small companies because they, they I, th I think they have like a little bit different incentives in terms yeah. of uh, they kind of need to make the thing work because if not they kind of run out of money and they can mm. shut the doors yeah in, in the in the public space it is it is still there because money is limited there as well and uh, mm -hmm. but 
I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, you you said that you wanted to join NASA in particular, right? And you were yes, working that's... toward this and so you but would you consider joining like a private company? Or it is people like have definitely Yeah, um people have definitely asked me that and it's not out of the question. Um but I think in particular for what I want to do research wise and career wise, I think NASA is the place to go just because my interests align more with what they do. Um, you know, so since I want to do more astrobiology related, uh, mm -hmm. research, that's a really good place to do it. You know, the private companies to me are more focused on an engineering aspect and that kind of thing. And that's totally fine, right? Like they're working on building rockets and doing launches and that kind of thing. Um, but for me, I think, you know, with what I want to do research wise, I want to work on missions and stuff. And that's NASA is the only place that's really doing long term missions. And obviously, there's different space agencies that are also working on those missions, like, you know, the ESA and the Canadian Space Agency and, and JAXA and all these different ones that are collaborating on these missions. Um, but, you know, since I'm in the US, we, we have NASA. So, so that's the one that I, I see myself working at just because they are the ones working on those missions alongside the other uh, international space agencies. I, I think it, it kind of boils down to that the things that you want to work on, they are a little bit more challenging to commercialize right now right it is exactly yeah i don't foresee at least for a long time i don't foresee private companies doing deep space you know missions sending sending probes and stuff to other planets and stuff i see i foresee them focusing more so on getting humans to space you know so yeah i, I it would be interesting i guess to think a little bit about uh why would big uh, companies who are for profit companies uh, mm -hmm. what could interest them how how can oh, we yeah. make them interest in that yeah and one one good example that uh i don't i don't know i don't understand to be honest for sure yeah. how it works right but there is a company uh there are a couple of companies one of them is DeepMind, which is okay. uh, uh which is about ai ai research and stuff like that mm -hmm. And they they are doing things which are which develop AI progress AI research. They mm -hmm. they have the last thing they they created was uh, AlphaFold, right? Which is okay. uh, about uh, protein folding in in biology, right? Mm -hmm. And I was trying to figure out how they are doing that from economic sense. My yeah. understanding right now is that they they just drain money from Google and mm. and Google does that just because and I'm not yeah. sure why. Maybe maybe hopefully space companies who are for profit would be able to do that. I guess they are mm. trying to do that because they believe that it is like an investment for the yeah. AI and they will be able to kind of profit from that uh, in the long run and maybe mm -hmm. the space companies can do that the, the same right yeah and maybe they just need people who would be pushing uh this who can pick up this kind of area and promote it within the company and get and get kind of a part of the budget pie for, for all yeah. of this. 
Okay, that's is interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and I understood. And uh, now I want, I guess, to get to our thing in regards to the Europa Clipper. Right? Yes, which we wanted to talk about, mm -hmm. and I've been reading about all of that. But I mean, I, I think I, I am as many other people. I know a little bit about that, right? Mm -hmm. But not to detail. But I'm, I, I'm very curious to know about that. And if you can yeah. kind of share, and I don't know where the where the good place to start, but you must probably know. Yeah. So basically, the reason we're we're sending. A spacecraft to Europa and the, I guess the icy moons in general is because we've had this interest in the icy moons as a potential place for, for life um, outside of Earth to exist in our own solar system, right? So um, in the past, we've sent other spacecraft um, to explore these icy moons uh, while they were orbiting jupiter and uh saturn so like galileo is one example and also cassini you know with enceladus um so you know those spacecraft weren't technically intended to go to the icy moons but we had the means to do it back then so nasa just kind of sent them there to see okay what what can we see about these icy moons and you know little did they know that they were going to get such interesting results um that proved to be very promising in the search for life and just habitability uh, outside of Earth. So, um, you know, they found some results that could prove that, okay, there's there's something going on underneath the outer crust of these icy moons, right? So these icy moons, they have like icy like shells, right? And so they found results that, um, that made it, seem like okay there's there's some kind of like ocean underneath these crusts like some kind of salty ocean underneath these crusts and obviously salty ocean we're thinking water you know water is one of those key ingredients for habitability so maybe there's something interesting going on underneath these icy crusts that we we should send an, another spacecraft dedicated to these moons to discover because obviously Cassini and um, Galileo had other things to do with uh, Jupiter and Saturn. They weren't they weren't made to look at these kinds of moons. So um, scientists were like, okay, the chemistry is probably really really interesting. What's going on underneath here? It seems like you know these these oceans are are warm enough to remain in a liquid state, right? Um, so something is probably going on under here that's very interesting, and there's probably some really cool chemistry, and maybe even um habitability right um i think the i think the ingredients the chemicals for life uh, the main like there's like six main uh elements for life which is uh, carbon hydrogen oxygen nitrogen phosphorus and sulfur have have most of those have been found right and so scientists have been like okay that's that's really promising right so let's send something specific for these for these icy moons and i think that's how europa clipper uh came to be and so right now as we're speaking um they are nasa's working on building the actual spacecraft and it won't be launched until 
uh, late 2024. Um, so given, give or take, because we don't know if there's going to be delays. Let's hope there won't be delays. Um, but right now the target launch date is late 2024 and it's, it's super exciting. Um, I'm really, really interested in this mission. If I had, you know, if someone were to ask me like, what is, your dream mission to work on, that would probably be my answer just because I'm really interested in the icy moons. You know, um, I think there's something promising there in terms of chemistry. And even if we don't find actual microbial life forms, I think it's still a very interesting place to explore in our outer solar system because we haven't explored it that much compared to like Mars or something. Um, and so I'm really, really excited for it. I've been, I've been trying to keep up to date with it. Um, and you know, one thing that I do want to make clear that I think is a common misconception is that Europa Clipper is not looking for life itself. It is just investigating its kind of core goal is to investigate the habitability of the, the moon itself, not, not to actually find life. Um, maybe it'll find signs of life. We don't know, but I don't think, but that's not one of its main goals. It just wants to investigate the chemistry and kind of see what's going on underneath the, the surface. And, uh, I, I was reading, please correct me here if I'm wrong. Yeah. Right? I was reading yeah. that, uh, the clipper, uh, the, basically the, the, the way how it supposed to work let's say mm -hmm. that it will uh, be orbiting the Jupiter right mm -hmm. and uh, there will be close flybys of the uh, near to the uh, Europa yes. moon right yes and uh, what like is it do, do you have a feeling right now for how this data that could be gathered right what it can potentially mm -hmm. be used for uh primarily right can it be used for maybe mm -hmm. like to for further um uh missions uh, to maybe something that uh, will land there on the moon do we need mm -hmm. something there maybe we don't i don't know yeah um yeah a lot of people have already been kind of proposing landers um on europa because you know, like I mentioned, there is an icy outer shell and there's an ocean. It's been confirmed there's an ocean underneath that um, icy outer shell. But obviously we don't know the chemistry. We don't know like what's going on in that ocean, uh, how deep it even goes. So people have proposed a lander to try and like probe, you know, the crust and kind of see, you know, what's going on. Um do I think it'll happen? I mean, maybe it's, it's very difficult. I don't think we've landed on something that, you know, far away before we've really only landed on like Mars and stuff. So, um, it would be very challenging, but it would be really, um, incredible to see, to see that happen. So I, I really do think the data from Europa Clipper, when that starts coming in, I think it'll be really interesting to inform future missions, but also, you know, give us an understanding of the other icy moons, right? You know, Europa is not the only icy moon of interest. You know, Enceladus is another one. Titan is another one too. So I think it'll also inform us about the other icy moons and maybe um, 
lead us to sending missions uh, to those moons as well. You know, we already have, we already have one um, in the works for Titan, right? Dragonfly. I'm sure you've read about that. So that's really exciting, but maybe there's even more that's going to come from this. So I'm really, really excited. It's, you know, the first of its, of its kind. And I think um, there should be more excitement for it, honestly, which I try to, I try to, you know, give updates on that as well and, and get people interested in that. Cause you know, it's, a spacecraft that might help us, you know, start the search for life, you know, beyond earth and in our own solar system, rather than like looking at really far away exoplanets. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. And, and what are, I think maybe this a little bit, uh, okay. What are the, because, what are the aspects that mm -hmm. make this mission like uh, that add additional challenges to that mission in comparison to what we've been doing so far? Yeah, you know, I think it's just the usual, you know, it's it's really far away. Um, so, you know, you got to make sure if something is wrong with the spacecraft, like, can we fix that, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, we've, I'm not too worried because we've successfully sent many spacecraft to Jupiter and Saturn, you know, and even further out with like Voyager. Um, so I'm not super worried that there will be that many issues on it. Um, especially like I mentioned earlier, you know, NASA and other space agencies, they take a long time to build these spacecraft and make sure that they are as perfect as they can be before even thinking about, you know, launching them. So I feel like it will be, um, I feel like it'll be pretty smooth. Um, but who knows, you know, there's always, um, unforeseeable, uh, challenges, but I hope everything goes smoothly and we never know what we could discover. And, uh, you, you said that you kind of want to be I, my understanding is that this particular mission is yeah. uh, related to what you want to do in astrobiology. And, yes. And, yeah. And for like, do you think it is possible for you to participate somehow in all of that, or do you yeah. already? Um. Yeah, um, I know people that are, you know, working on like the, the Dragonfly mission, which, you know, hasn't happened yet, obviously. Um, but that's another similar mission to Titan, you know, to fly and, and see what's what's going on there. Um, so it's definitely possible. Um, you know, there are scientists at JPL is a big place, you know, because JPL is where they're where they're building it. Um, so JPL would be like the main place to work and and you know help out on this mission so it's definitely possible um who knows that's all i'm is gonna it, say who knows <laughs> yeah uh and gpl is it part of nasa it is jet yes that's just the okay. yeah that's just a, a nasa center like you know there's various uh nasa centers spread out throughout the u.s and that's that's the one in california okay that's mm -hmm. that's good Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's nice if you can yeah if you if you can uh and then you you currently you you said that you right now will be applying to the phd right yes uh, and 
just for you for me to kind of understand it a little bit mm -hmm. you is it you don't need to you the phd will not take like the the entirety of your time will you be able to do something uh, in, in parallel mm -hmm. while, as you are learning or not yeah so basically in the us like phd's take around five to six years to get um so you know, it's a long time compared to undergrad, you know, bachelor's only takes four years um, and master's only takes two years. Um, but PhD takes a really long time, you know, because you're doing your own research and writing a dissertation and everything. Um, but my understanding of it is it, it is basically a full-time job. So it takes, you know, most of your, your week uh, is taken up by that. But um most people say, you know, don't work on weekends, that kind of thing. So there is a bit of free time, but it's not like a lot. Um, but definitely, you know, for me, I will want to like balance out working and um, having a social life and everything because, you know, grad school is very, very stressful. Um, so, yeah, there are some people that that do like other jobs and stuff while they're doing a PhD, but that's mostly because grad students are very underpaid i'm sure you know about that in the u.s they're very underpaid so some people kind of have to do another job in order to pay rent or something which is kind of sad but but yeah yeah because so yeah it's difficult but so yeah. you will be able to more actively engage in like actual work on some project. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do, do you do you already know what you will be writing your uh, like dissertations on or like? Oh no, um, but I'm applying for you know labs that that do you know obviously. So when you're applying for your PhD, you're you're trying to apply to work with a professor, right? They're going to be your advisor for that time. And sometimes you can even have like more than one advisor. Um, but you know, what you do is you go on their websites and you kind of see what kind of work they're doing and then um, email them and see if they have an open position, see if they have funding for a student and then talk to them and apply and stuff. And so I've already done that. And most of the labs, you know, that I'm applying to focus on, astrobio research and uh planetary atmospheres that kind of thing so i i don't know obviously specifically what i'm going to do since i haven't applied or gotten into a lab yet but i do know in the broad scope that it's going to be astrobiology or uh astrobiology and you know planetary atmospheres related but but the, uh, but the work that uh, kind of research that you will be doing mm -hmm. it will be um, actually something from the industry, something that will be... Yes, yeah. Yeah, okay, because it's not like mm, mm, working on some experiments in a vacuum, right? Something... Yeah, like yeah. That, 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 that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, even though if you are studying, it is kind of, uh, it is kind of, uh, uh, this is what I kind of wanted to know, that you're, you will be uh, actually involved into in the industry, right, for the next yeah. like six mm -hmm. years, yeah. which is which is good, which uh, allows you uh, to have the exposure to the and uh, have an have opportunities to work on the actual pro uh, pro problems. Mm -hmm. 
that, that's good. And you said that uh, they may or may not have funding, right? But the funding yeah. that they get, where do they, where does this funding come from? Also from the yeah. university or it is? Yeah, it usually comes from grants and stuff, you know, that they get from NASA or other places. Yeah, they usually get that funding to do these projects and then bring on, you know, a, a grad student to work on that. I assume it is, the funding is also very, very scarce as usual. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very competitive and, and hard to get it. So yeah, you, you want to apply to, to labs where they have funding, obviously, because if they can't pay you, then you, you, why would you go, you know? So, so yeah, you should only go with people that have funding. And Interesting. So this, yeah. this will, uh, your, while you're doing your work as, as a researcher mm -hmm. during PhD, uh, mm -hmm. they also pay you kind of salary, right? Yeah. So you can live uh, and do this work, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're basically going to be living in whatever location for that five to six years. Um, because it's a, it's a job, you know, you're technically called a grad student, but it's a job, you know, you're a researcher full time. Yeah. I, I understood, understood. Because yeah. I, I kind of, to be honest, I uh, thought about it as, uh, you know, the same way as you think about oh, uh, like yeah. bachelor or something like this. Oh, and yeah. I didn't yeah. know that it works like this, which is... Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that's, that's nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to also ask about, when we were talking about the Europa Clipper, I wanted to ask, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned also that there is a mission for the Titan, right? Uh, yeah. But like the the titan mission will be later than the europa mission it'll be later yes it'll be in the late 2020s and why was the uh, the europa is the first one that is of that kind yeah mm -hmm. and wh why was the europa chosen like as a first experiment I think it's because, you know, Europa is a very interesting place. I mean, so is Titan. They're all kind of really interesting, but I think, you know, that one just happened to be the first one that people really wanted to work on. And it's also closer, right? Because Saturn is more further out, so that one takes longer to get to and that kind of thing. So I think they wanted to focus on Jupiter first, and um, Europa is the most interesting uh moon of jupiter so you know because saturn we have like enceladus and uh um titan and stuff but um but out of jupiter's like main moons uh europa is the most interesting so uh overall europa is the closest to us uh from uh, icy moons right well I'm not sure it's exact distance, but, you know, we know that Jupiter is before Saturn. So Jupiter would be closest. So its moons would be closer than Saturn's moon. So, yeah, I think, I think part of it was probably just because it's, it's closer. Okay. Okay. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. That is not, that is, that is good because yeah, uh, we will be able to get uh, something earlier. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we will be able to, but my understanding is that when people send missions like that to, like, for example, the Europa Clipper, even yeah. uh, even if the mission hasn't launched yet and it will be something like October mm -hmm. 24th yeah. or something like that, uh, 
people already work on additional things uh, related to this mission, maybe some other future, future mission, or they need to wait first for the first to complete? No, people definitely, I mean, I told you, I know people that are working on the Titan Dragonfly mission, like people work on these missions, even though they're not going to launch until a long time, because, you know, mission planning is, is very, very, it's a very long and intense process, because you have to make sure you know exactly what data you're looking for, what questions are you trying to answer that you think the spacecraft can help, you know, what instruments do you want to put on it? So it's a very long process that, you know, takes many years, even if the spacecraft isn't launching until, you know, five, 10 years in the future, you, you want to start very early on that process. And it takes a, a big team of people to make that possible. How many people do, do you know how many people right now work on the Europe? No, I don't, but it's definitely like hundreds for sure. I mean, we know that James Webb has like thousands of people working on it. So that, and that's, you know, James Webb. So you can imagine like missions probably have like hundreds, if not thousands of people, depending on the mission itself. Yeah, maybe uh, it's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, we need more people. We need. We need I know. To... <laughs> yeah, you're doing great in terms of like uh, attracting people to the uh, to the, oh, to thank the, you. the topic. And it is. Yeah, that's that's what I like doing. I will need to do a lot of thinking about how, like, what 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 could be done, like, additionally, right? So, oh yeah. Okay, okay, and uh, but uh, so it it is kind of it it kind of works that there is like funding some from pu public projects, right? There is like mm -hmm. a group of uh, people. There is there is usually I, I assume there is some committee or something like this which drives those uh those mission missions yes. and and then there is like engineers who are working on particular like a group of engineers who work on some particular instrument and there's yes. another okay okay mm -hmm. those instrument that how how many could be actually reused from one mission to the other, or it is pretty much good question. Um, I think most of the time it's from scratch, if I'm not mistaken, uh, just because, you know, they, they get a lot of use out of them. And, you know, one instance with Cassini, we had the spacecraft, you know, literally burn up in Saturn's atmosphere. Um, so I think, you know, they take a lot of, uh, a lot of damage from space, but I don't think it's impossible to reuse them. I mean, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but with the SLS rocket that's um, being used for, for Artemis, a lot of that is used from the uh, Saturn V, which is why they look pretty similar. I I'm not sure if you knew that, but that's a fun fact. I, I mean, no, I didn't know that. But you mean yeah. they are used in terms of their design, right? No, they're like the actual ones that were used on the Saturn V. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's why it looks it, like if you look at them side by side, they look pretty similar, like the actual rocket. Uh, yeah, this mm -hmm. is, and, 
and this is uh, what the thing that when for example the spacex was uh trying to get the reusable rockets right it was yeah it was it was very important and right now what i know is that right now you can go on their site website and mm -hmm. actually see how much it will cost you to launch your payload to space which is oh like, yeah like it, it and it is not even that expensive which is like the 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 lowest price is like one million or something like this for 200 yeah or something like this i don't know i don't remember but but i was a, a surprised that it wasn't like i mean yeah, like a lot of uh, a million is kind of a lot of money, but on the other hand, it is not that that much when we talk about uh, different uh, missions, like couple of billions, right? And mm -hmm. but uh, okay, but in terms of the parts, or not not the parts, but the actual designs of the systems, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Those instruments are created from scratch, uh, meaning. How much of the ideas uh, and the testing, maybe, and experiments could be reused for those uh, instruments for each like mission, or not instruments only, spacecrafts and stuff, everything related? That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I think it really depends on the mission itself. You know, I think a lot of um, I think a lot of them, you know, draw inspiration from one another, which like I mentioned, the SLS and Saturn V, like they drew a lot of it for the SLS, you know, they drew a lot of inspiration from the Saturn V. And I think even a little bit from the space shuttle, right? Because if you've had, you know, it's just a simple concept, right? If you've had something successful in the past, why would you try and reinvent the wheel and make it so different if, if something worked in the past, right? Um, so I, I could definitely see them in the future, you know, taking inspiration from old instruments and stuff, which I'm, I'm sure they're already doing right now. And I can't think of specific examples in terms of spacecraft, but I don't see why they wouldn't be doing that. Right. Because if it was successful in the past, then try and draw inspiration and use something similar in the future. And when, uh, do I understand correctly that, hmm when NASA built something like this, even in terms of designs and also mm -hmm. in terms of like physical production, right? Mm -hmm. Does NASA use a lot of uh, contractors to uh, yes. implement the stuff? a lot, yeah. I know a lot of people that work for contractors. So, so they work for some other company that in turn has a Helps NASA, okay. yes. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's, that's interesting because yeah. And, and why why do you think they usually do it this way instead of trying to build everything themselves? Mm -hmm. Well, goes back to what I mentioned earlier. It takes a really, really long time, right? So if you have international space agencies helping you, if you have contractors helping, you know, it's going to take less time and, you know, getting more collaboration. I think collaboration is also really important in the science field. So, um why not collaborate with international scientists and stuff? Um, and they can also help out with uh, funding too, right? Because international space agencies and stuff also get funding. So so that can also be of, of great benefit. But yeah, I think overall collaboration is very necessary in this field. So 
So primarily the benefits there are that because they are able to leverage the work of each other, they mm -hmm. can speed up the protest, right? Or yeah. can put the money in like one bag. <laughs> exactly. Them. And also, you know, collaboration, like I said, it's, it's very beneficial to just work with in other people. In terms of just people working with each other, in terms of ideas, in terms of research. Yes, like that. So, I think it's really important. So yeah, this is, any space field is um, very, very heavy in collaboration, which is good because, you know, getting, like you said, different ideas and stuff, like it's, it's very useful. So I don't see why they wouldn't work with other people, right? And like, do, do you know, like if, uh, when, because different countries, right, uh, have mm -hmm. different relationships with each other in terms of politics mm -hmm. and stuff like this. Yeah. Do you think it affects how space agencies from different countries can collaborate with each other and how efficient this collaboration is? Or it is... I think so, um, but I don't think it has a really large effect. I'm I'm not sure entirely, obviously, but I, I to my knowledge, it seems like most, if not all, of the space agencies are very friendly towards one another. Um, because you know we shouldn't let these politics and stuff really divide us on that. Um, but obviously, you know, sometimes it's, it's very, very strict depending on the country, I, I suppose. And, and that could probably have an effect on it. Um, but for the most part, I mean, we have the ISS. I, I feel like that's a, the biggest collaboration, right? We have so many different people from uh, different countries getting sent there um, all the time, right? So I think that's, one example of uh, what we can do if we uh, put those things aside and collaborate with each other. Yeah. It, it, yes, mm. when people when people actually, you know, make it a priority uh, mm -hmm. and uh, focus on progressing towards this thing, then exactly. it is possible to make even bigger progress than it initially was like planned or imagined and exactly I, I hope we will be able to do that even more in the future oh uh, yeah the, the, it would be very nice to see if if you know for for people who live right now to see big big things which affect like even i i, I think you have thought about this for sure, but when people first landed on Moon, right? How how much of an effect it was on the population overall, on mm -hmm. and on yeah. kind of general appreciation for the work that people who work in this field, uh, what the work they do, right? And how much people appreciate that, and hopefully we will be getting even more of things like this because it it will affect the pu public perception of the science field, and with that there is more funding mm -hmm. more support and this is good exactly yeah um i mean you're right like the the moon example is really good right because apollo it was um over 50 years ago now and they didn't have you know nearly the same level of technology that we do these days right so it was way more difficult for them and it took 
a lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people to send three people to the moon, right? So I think collaboration in that, that's the busy, the biggest example of like, we all came together for this one common goal. And like you said, it changed how humanity thought about all of this and made them really appreciate it more. It, it is such an, it is such interesting how such moment, because everyone knows about this, right? It is yeah. kind of part of everyone's life, even if people were not there, they still still know something about this. They saw movies, they heard maybe some someone talking about this. And it is interesting yeah. how such ideas can propagate and uh, basically grab the attention of public, right? And yeah. it, would be, it would be interesting to kind of maybe dig deeper into why... I mean, obviously it is one of the most important things, but why? Why is it so important? Yeah. And, uh, what does it make? Uh, what does make uh, things like that, and how we can make other things also make such a mar uh, huge impact on a larger audience, a uh, larger mm -hmm. like public uh, uh, group, and yeah, yeah that, that would be nice. You know, mm -hmm. and do you know? Do you have like maybe you know your some personal missions that may, maybe are not currently in progress but something that you w wish maybe in the next like five ten years would be in progress in terms of what yes. you would need to do in terms of what yeah um well already i mean i don't know again how much you've been keeping up with it but nasa has talked about how the ice giants in our solar system are a very big area of interest because the only spacecraft that we've sent to them so far is the Voyagers. And technically, you know, the Voyagers didn't even actually visit them, right? The Voyagers only did flybys and then went on their way, right? They took a few pictures, you know, got a little bit of data and then they kept going, right? So NASA really finds it important to send dedicated spacecraft because there's so much about Uranus and Neptune that we just don't know. Right. Um, so, and also their moons. Right. So to me, I think those are the very big places of interest that I would love to see missions get sent to. And I think, like I said, NASA is planning on a um, Uranus like orbiter or, or something, a probe. Um, so I'm really hoping that that, happens uh, and it will be in my lifetime i'll probably be pretty old when it happens you know because it's gonna take a long time and it won't even get there until it won't it won't get there for a long time right uranus and neptune are even further way further out than jupiter and saturn so it'll take a, a much longer time to even get there um so i'll probably be towards the end of my career but it'll still be exciting to to see that happen in my lifetime It is, it is, it is interesting how we people can, you know, work on something that takes that much time, right? And even sometimes people work on something that it takes even, they will not see the results of their final works, mm -hmm. right? Especially... I know. In, <laughs> it's yeah, cool. the space field is, the space field is, is big about that, right? Like, 
you're spending all this time of your life working on something that you don't even know, you know, what's going to happen with it. And you might even die before it, uh, you might die or retire before it uh, goes up there, but you're still putting all that effort towards it because you know that it's um, going to have a great benefit for humanity. So I think that's why, that's uh, one reason why I really like our field is that people really do put all this work in and they won't even know what's going to happen. Like a side, a side question. Uh, yeah. The people who you kind of, the, the, I, I just wanted to to know, like when we when you were mm. uh, uh, growing up, right, in your family, yeah. and you yeah. you said that you were interested in space for like, yeah. ten years or all, right? Mm -hmm. I I want to know, like, were your parents like a little bit kind of worried that you're so kind of obsessed with one thing this no i think they actually liked it and they kind of encouraged me and and pushed me to um pursue my dreams which is i'm very fortunate because you know there are some parents that you know they force you to do one thing that you're not interested in and then you know you pick a major in college and study that because your parents want you to do it. And then you end up not being happy. Right. So my parents, you know, since I had that interest from such a young age, they encouraged it and, and helped me to get to where I am. Right. You know, by helping me pay for college and, and, um, pursuing, uh, helping me to pursue these kinds of things. Right. And I think encouragement from your family is, very very important right because at the end of the day like you want to make them proud you know i want to make them proud so i i really glad that i i got encouragement from my family and now i think it's it's paying off because um they can see that the space field is is growing so much right like it's it's grown so much in just that one decade that i've been interested in it so um imagine the next decade and the next and so on so like it's it's going to be insane so i think that's also paid off right because there's so much good that's coming from it that they can see the benefit in me working from it um but you know at the end of the day it's more than just whatever money i can get from it right it, it is my passion at the end of the day so they can't really stop me from doing it <laughs> yeah. yeah i just wanted to kind of yeah yes i i do understand that it is important mm -hmm. money is a very tricky thing in in this regard is because it is huh? you you don't want to uh them to be a blocker i guess uh for no. for anyone to pursue what they want and yeah it is very sad when it becomes like this like for example Earlier in the discussion, you mentioned that not everyone even have the means to go through the education process, right? Or do like mm -hmm. that. But on the yeah. other hand, it is also, I think, important to not uh, not forget about money completely, right? Because it is. Oh no, it is important. Subject. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you want it to do for you want to have the means to do it for for your life, right? And yeah, and survive. You do, yeah. You you live, right? You kind of with each passing day you become better, 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 right? And yeah. even when you 
like you're more productive, you're more uh, more just efficient, and you can do things and bring value in a more efficient way, right? And this is why yeah. it's important for you to be able to uh, to sustain it for the for the long run to get to that point. Uh, exactly. I mean, in general, do you enjoy having mm -hmm. like conversations with people, like maybe on also like different topics, not mm -hmm. only space? Uh, with oh some yeah, people? yeah, yeah. I'm a very big. Um, one of my other interests is music. I, I'm a very big music fan, um, so I love talking to people about like the bands that I like um, and that kind of thing. But I also, you know, like talking about movies and TV and other stuff, you know, like, I'm, like I mentioned to you earlier, you know, I am a whole person. So I like to talk about everything, you know, um, and have these kinds of discussions. Now, obviously, you know, I'm not going to try to be an expert in everything and, you know, try to sound like I know more than I do. I will admit when I don't know these kinds of things. So obviously, I can't talk about every single topic, but the ones that I do have some knowledge in and enjoy i i, I do like talking about because for, for me for example it has always been very i just i, I think I, I for myself i like to encounter new ideas right yeah I, i'm trying to always to be on lookout even for example, one of the things that interests me mm -hmm. is uh, visual visual design, like UX design, for example, in particular that relates to the oh, programming yeah. work that I do. And yeah. sometimes I, I I find myself just going through the pictures of different how different people do something, and mm -hmm. it is it is very interesting because first of all I enjoy when they uh, they kind of it is it is it is it is clear that the people behind those. Uh, creations have put the time and effort and uh, thought behind them and, mm -hmm. and it, it is just good for you to enjoy just a good I uh, uh, think which good looks good which uh, is usable right uh, in in a and it is also interesting when you looking at this work you can kind of notice something new something that maybe yeah. you haven't thought about and you can use it for, for in what you are building later on late uh, and i find myself quite often just going through the different works of different people just kind of studying them and trying to mm -hmm. understand how these people think and uh, and even if you if i don't understand something or don't agree with that with that mm -hmm. i'm trying to understand how did people what what were they thinking basically but in a good sense mm -hmm. right yeah. how maybe if i'm missing maybe something or something like that and i can it, it, it is very it is it is very important for me and it it get, it mm -hmm. gives uh, for example when i'm talking to people like you like other people that mm -hmm. i've been uh, able to talk with uh, publicly mm -hmm. and not who enjoy mm -hmm. that the, what they are doing yeah. It it helps even me to, you know, whenever it is difficult, you're trying to build something, it, it doesn't work. And mm -hmm. if you if you have an opportunity to talk with some other person who maybe they they uh, they something they, they have something exciting to share with uh, with you, it also helps uh, to yeah. kind of get 
back to speed and start working again on what you were pursuing previously, mm -hmm. which is which is why I uh, enjoy and and it is also interesting how you can uh, translate ideas from one space to the other space, right? For example, mm -hmm. I, I I have talked with you. I we were primarily talking about space, right? But there mm -hmm. there are things that I potentially can uh, use in order to make better products in some other areas that I'm involved in, right? And yeah. do do you find something like do, have you actually do like have you noticed that maybe something from what you've been working from your engagement in music let's say right were you mm -hmm. helpful for you in any way in other aspects of your life like in a space or maybe some other things yeah um there's definitely a lot of you know transferable skills that i have right like i guess I, if i use space as an example right like i know how to do data analysis i know how to talk to people you know that that's a big one right i know how to talk to people a large audience so I could take that skill and use it in other aspects of my life. Um, and, you know, there's so much more, right? Like I can just, I, I can take a um, complicated subject and, and make that easier to understand, which is a good skill to have, you know, so many different things that I've learned. I can, I can definitely bring into other aspects of my life and um, be successful in them, which I really like using, you know, I, I didn't think, If you asked me, you know, however many years ago, do I think, you know, did I think this was going to happen? I, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think I, I was going to get to um, this kind of position and have um, this kind of platform to talk to this many people and have this many skills that I can use in so many different parts of my life. So I'm very grateful that I have all this. You said... You said you can kind of uh, the, take the topics, right, the complex topics, yeah. and transform them to make it easier, right? But yeah, can you actually explain how you are doing this mm -hmm. in concrete terms, like from your point? Yeah. Of Really, I, I, I Google, I mean, the internet is your best friend, right? Like I always try to synthesize and make sure that I can understand whatever the thing is, right? And then I will take that and then simplify it uh, to make sure like someone that, for instance, right, take black holes, that black holes are a very complicated topic, right? Like even I don't fully understand them, right? I mean, I'm also not an astrophysicist, Um But, you know, still someone like me with um, more knowledge about space than the average person, right? I can't fully understand them. So if I can't fully understand them, then imagine someone that doesn't really know about space. Um, so black holes are a very complicated topic. And um, that's something, right, that I can look up and try to understand for myself and then take that and try to simplify that to someone who has no idea, right? And you really got to define, you know, take these complicated words is if someone doesn't know what a, a quasar is or, or something like that, like try to define these words and make sure you can explain everything um, for someone that doesn't know. And 
if there's any background information that they need to understand, then make sure you provide the background information and that kind of thing. So I try to, I try to do that. And also this is something that I am actively working on improving, right? Like I am not by any means perfect at, um, how I communicate, right? Like I always try to be analytical and critical of myself and, and work to improve these kinds of things. You know, even if my followers say like, Oh, you know, you're doing a great job, right? I could still look in and, and, and try to improve so that I can be better for the future. Even if they think I'm doing a great job, I, I still want, I, I could still see room for improvement in that regard. But yeah, that's basically what I do is I just, um, I Google and, and try to find things around and, and read. And obviously I always credit my sources because that's important, right? Like always, always credit where you're getting information from and, and link extra sources for people as well. It is, I mean, yeah, you take information from someplace mm -hmm. and you mention them. It's difficult to know where the ideas came from initially, right? Well, yeah, right. definitely. But I, I still try to, to, you know, provide links to websites and, and that kind of thing. Most of the time, everything I'm getting is from NASA. So, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. But do, do, do you do you find you 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 mostly learn like by yourself, like from Googling and stuff mm -hmm. like this? But do you yeah. find that you are able to when you communicate with someone, maybe with mm. some of your followers, or yeah. are you able to, is it, is it often that you can find something useful from what uh, you're, you're talking with that person about, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, you know, I've had meaningful conversations with uh, people about these kinds of things, right? Like, I am, I'm learning from them just as much as they're learning from me, maybe a little less, but I'm still learning from them, right? There are, I, like I mentioned to you, you know, I have followers that are in the field that know things that I don't know, and they'll reply things. Um, they'll reply to my tweets with things that I didn't know, and then I can take away that information uh, as well. So it's, it's kind of like a two-way relationship in that regard and that's that's what i really like that's a, that's another um way to draw people in and get them interested in is is by interacting with people which for me like no matter how many followers i've gotten i always try to interact with people and reply to them like their tweets and stuff so that they know that i see that you know I see what they're saying. I'm reading what they're saying and I'm, I'm engaging with it. Right. Because you want to show them that you are a real person and that you care about what they have to say too, you know, cause that's how you keep people, um, engaged and, uh, interested and, in, and in following you. Right. Like you want to talk to them as well. So I try to talk to people and learn from them too. Has it become like more complicated as number of people? It has. It definitely has because my um my notifications will get really clogged, and so it's hard to see people's replies. But I always try to um click on my tweets and just read through replies and try to like them and and respond to people, even if it takes me a few hours. You know, after they replied, I still respond back to to people um, just because you know. Like I said, I, I really care about engaging with 
with people directly. Um, and like I said, that's why I have my DMs open, right? Because even if, you know, a lot of people that have a large amount of followers don't have their DMs open because you can get some stuff that's that's messed up, which I have, but I try to ignore it and just talk to the people that actually care and have good things to say and whatnot. Um, so that's why I keep my messages open so that I can talk to people as well in the, in the messages if they want to talk to me one-on-one. And do people usually prefer to talk with you like privately or? Yeah, I've had a lot and, and um, I feel bad because, because I've been so busy, it's been hard for me to, respond to all of them so i have so many unread messages um well i've read them but i haven't responded um which i feel bad but but they understand like i always get to the messages even if it takes me months i will get to the messages you know um and do, it's do you, just hard for me to always respond like a, immediately you know isn't it i, I mean don't you I, i'm trying just to understand like yeah because for me unfortunately because I'm what a, a lot of different areas that I'm involved in I mm -hmm. whenever whenever I'm trying to stay more active on Twitter in terms of contribution yeah. and not only consumption it has yeah. always been like I always think about that I need to go and do actual work i need to go yeah i like that do, do you do you also kind of struggle a little bit with that absolutely i i spend a little too much time on twitter um but but you know there's just so much good content to consume and i like seeing what people have to say and and that kind of thing um so it makes sense that I stay on there for a long time. But yeah, I, I definitely sympathize with you in the fact that sometimes I do recognize that, okay, it's, it's time to, to log off and do some actual work. You know, you can't always spend the entire day just uh, scrolling through tweets and, and making your own tweets. So sometimes I just have to step away um, because it can have a negative effect, right? If you're on there all the time. I mean, again, I guess the balance, right? For me personally, yes. <laughs> I, I think I haven't found it yet because when I try to post something, first of all, mm. I find it very difficult in terms of providing, because I, 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 I also try to find some, some balance in terms of like, mm -hmm. what value can I bring to people, right? In, from mm. like, why would they care, right? Why would they yeah. uh, follow this person over like many others, right? This is one yeah. thing. And on the other hand, I also try to balance it with like some personality and stuff like that. And yeah. when I when I talk about, if we talk about something like useful that could be useful, like some ideas, recommendations, whatever, it has been very difficult for me to, uh, I haven't been experimenting a lot of, with threats. Maybe I should, mm -hmm. but uh maybe yeah i should but when you're trying to just post something on twitter and you have like some idea you want it to fit right you kind of strip the parts and yes it's it always sounds like you know 
those like short phrases which say do something this way mm -hmm. right but mm -hmm. it uh, they always miss the why part for like yeah like why do why should we care why why do like help us to understand right because if the if the person understands what you're saying about yeah it will resonate with them but if the person does not uh, really understand them it is, it is helpful if you kind of provide the explanation for for, for exactly. how you got to this point right and why we believe yeah. and it's difficult to stick for me Vin. and maybe maybe threads will help it but sometimes threads you know, are very yes. mm -hmm. one thing with threads that i'm thinking about is that mm -hmm. once you get the threads you can go overboard with them as well you yes have, you can <laughs> i've seen people make super long threads yep yeah, it, it, it is. <laughs> the, yeah, that's interesting. But you 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 kind of use yeah. them, and you think it is like it is good to have like a little bit more uh, leeway there, right? Oh yeah, I I used. I mean, my pin tweet, you know, is about the space threads that I used to make, which I'm going to start them again at some point. You know, uh, they do take a while to make, but but what I used to do was I would make blog post and then i would take that blog post and shorten it and make it into a thread and then at the end of the thread i would say like oh if you want more information about this subject if you're really interested in it go read my blog post but i always like shorten them and and do that um and i always do it on topics that i find interesting but also topics that i ask my followers about like do you want to see this this topic or or this one and then i let them kind of choose and then i make a thread interesting yeah yeah it's like again like input from multiple different uh parties who are interested yes in i always get to... the yep i i always want uh you know input from them as well um because they're the ones at the end of the day you know they're the audience that i'm trying to talk to so i i do want their opinions and like and in terms of how you because you try to manage twitter you try to manage different parts of your life right mm -hmm. what like what would be like i guess the most important lessons you have learned in terms of like being actually productive and trying to make sure that you organize your life and work in a way that you have uh, time both for Twitter and uh, public and in terms of like yeah. your actual work? Um, I mean, you know, it was kind of like I mentioned earlier, you have to know when it's time to log off, right? And so for me, like, yeah, I spend a lot of time on there, but I, I know when it's time to, to get off and actually do work um, and, and be productive. Um, it also helps to have a schedule and, and work on that. Now, right now, I'm kind of guilty of not having a schedule because I'm not in school or anything. Um, but when I was in school and stuff, I, I had a, a schedule and classes to go to. So I was already like, naturally busy throughout the day. So I wasn't really looking at Twitter unless I had free time and stuff. Um, but now that I have a lot more free time, it's definitely consuming a lot more time. But but I still recognize that, you know, there is an outside world, I have other things to do. So I'm not going to spend 
24-7. Like, I'm not going to be on Twitter that long. 24-7 would be, like, a very long... Oh, that'd be terrible. But, yeah. But, you you know, that was an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. For the people like you, right? For people mm-hmm. who might be looking at you. And... Yeah. And one one thing you mentioned, you want to kind of be the role model for, for them to, to show that mm-hmm. it is possible, to show that maybe even mm-hmm. more than that is possible. Like, mm-hmm. do you... Do you do you want something that you wanted to share with them in particular, maybe that we haven't talked oh, about? Oh, absolutely. Talked in other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always say this and it's, you know, always my, my core belief, you know, people always ask like, what's the biggest piece of advice that you could give to people. And, um, I always say like, don't give up, which I know, I know it's a cliche. I know it's been said a, a billion times, but it really is, the truth um based on my journey you know like I've had a lot of setbacks a lot of failures um and stuff and you know if I if I quit a long time ago I would not be (laughs) I would not be here today right I wouldn't be sitting with you talking about this I wouldn't have had that NASA internship I I wouldn't have this wonderful audience to share all this stuff with right If, if I quit at the first instance of me having a mistake or a failure or something so you really have to push through all of that and and think about the end goal um and that's for me that's one of the biggest things that's been keeping me going right is that i've been thinking about that end goal of like working for for nasa and working on whatever mission or whatever you know i I end up doing there is it's really what keeps me going i think about my passion for the search for life and our universe and that kind of thing and i'm like oh my god like imagine me waking up every single day and doing that as my job like that's so exciting right so that's one of those things where you have to just think about your end goal and think about okay like yeah it's really hard right now but it's going to be um, worth it in the future. It's going to all pay off. So, you know, let's just go through a little pain right now for, for that really good result, right? So so really, if I had to say anything, just do not give up. I, I promise it will pay off in the end. Yeah, and maybe, and maybe not in a way that you kind of envision, but maybe even in exactly. a way. Exactly, yeah. Things, things, you know, life is very crazy. Um, it has a lot of twists and turns. A lot of unexpected things can happen. So you never know. Things could turn out even better than you thought. Um, something else could uh, come at your doorstep that you didn't think was going to happen. Okay. I think, I think this is a good piece. Like, and we can leave yeah. it at this. Thank you. Thank you very much for Yeah, this was really enjoyable. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Um, This was really fun.